Let's pray. Father, I pray. Lord, even as You have adopted us, Lord, I pray that we would be a church that would be willing to make the sacrifices to adopt if it should be Your will for us. Lord, help us with the children we already have, let alone ones that we don't have yet. Lord, we need wisdom as parents. And pray that You would help us. Lord, may we discern Your Word and be faithful to carry it out. I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Okay. We talked this morning about warning our children about sexual sin. We need our children to be in a place where they are wary. You know, the father in the Proverbs says to his son, considering the forbidden woman, and he talks a lot about the forbidden woman there. Sorry, ladies, it doesn't talk about the forbidden man. It all seems to come at... But obviously, we can apply these same principles to our daughters in, in reverse. But, the, you know, stay away. Flee from certain things. There are certain things that... We, we do ourselves no favors to see how close we can come. One of the areas that the Proverbs has some things to, to speak about besides that is, well, young men. You know, this, this really is on the same page as the sexual sin. Parents, one of the things that we need to do with our children. You know, the world comes along and they look at the, the Christian mindset as though we're trying to rob them of some great fun and some great thing that, you know, we know that it's really a lot of fun. We're just wanting to be killjoys in this world. Listen, that is not the way God is. We need to instruct our children that with the warnings... It isn't that God's wanting to take away the joys and the pleasure of, sin, of, of sex. It's not that. He simply designed it and He put the parameters around it. And He has promised to bless it within the parameters. And that's the marriage bed. He, he is not... Folks, He created it. It's not bad. It's not the devil created it. He created it. It's good. And it's to be enjoyed. And we need to teach our children that. It's not that we want to take their joy away. We want their joy to be full. And we realize that God is going to put His blessing on these things within the context where God has said He'll bless these things. And so we don't want to come to our children and make, you know, warn, 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 and this is fearful and terrible and everything like that. You can't do anything about the hormones, folks. That's going to come. But what you can do is you can warn your children to stay away to avoid it like the plague. And you know what? You tell your children, you warn them that these kind of sins start in the mind. They start with the eyes. There are certain places you don't want to look. You need to control your thoughts. You need to control what you hear and what you see. And you know what? Just as the Father in Proverbs said, you warn your children to keep their heart with all diligence. Because you know what? We have this idea that kind of like when we get sick, we were over at the neighbor's the other day, and he was saying something like, you know when you're young, you get a little pain, and after a few days it goes away. 
He says what he's fearing is when he gets to the age where the pains come and they never go away. But you know what? We, when we're young, we tend to think that our minds are like our bodies. That we can expose ourselves to the sickness and we're going to be just okay in a few days like it never happened. But folks, you know what? You warn those kids. You and I know we've exposed our eyes and our ears to things in our life and we're still haunted by the memories. We still have visions of it. We still see it. It's still brought to our memory. And that you don't erase the mind. I'm, I know Jesus Christ does wonders in transforming us, but your memories are not erased. And you've got memories of the sins that you've committed in your life. You've got memories of these things. You need to keep the heart with all diligence. You expose yourself to something. You expose yourself to something, folks, and those images will be in your life. And those memories will be there. And we've got to warn our children. This is, You know, sexual sin is a mind battle. It starts there. And you've got to warn your children. This isn't just simply about don't get the neighbor's daughter pregnant. This is not it. It's... Like Christ said, if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery already in your heart. You want to tell them this is a heart matter. You control your thoughts. You be careful. You warn them on that level. Don't just simply warn them on the physical level. We've got to go to the root of the matter and warn them there. Okay, so much for that. Can it? One place that I think is so important the Scriptures repeatedly warn about who you have as friends. Now, because we're kind of crossing from the sexual matter here over to friends, let me just throw in here concerning spouses. Because that kind of goes into both categories. The Proverbs say some things about spouses. I mean, repeatedly, you don't want a quarrelsome wife. You'd be better, what, up in the corner of a housetop than you live with a quarrelsome wife. Now, young men, and, and let's turn this around the other way too. It isn't just men you don't want a quarrelsome wife. That's true. But ladies, you want the right kind of husband too. And you know what? If you expose yourself, men, little boys, if you expose yourself and you befriend and you hang with, Girls who are loud, belligerent, quarrelsome. I mean, if those are the kind you're attracted to and you hang around, that's the kind you're going to end up marrying. It's going to happen, folks. You don't, you don't go and build these associations and build these friendships and don't think that they're going to go someplace. I mean, basically, these things are going to blossom and they're going to come to fruition in your life. And, and it, it, ultimately, you'll reap the consequences of that. And you know what? Just on the line of marriage, one thing, you know, a good thing to warn your children about is what they get is what they get. You know, how a person is, the light you see them in before you're married is actually better than the reality. And, and a lot of girls especially seem to have this idea they're going to change the guy. Don't think that. You've already seen the best side of them. The worst is yet to come, folks. And that's true. Because we all know when, when we're in the dating state, we put on the best face. Before we're married, we make... But, you know, if you begin to see the flaws before you're married, realize 
You're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. And I'm just being realistic. I mean, my wife can say amen to that. And, and all of us that have been married. <laughs> well, the men can say amen too. So let's, let's say it's, it goes both ways. But we know it's true. But the fact is, you know what? Guys, if you ultimately want a quiet and meek, spirited woman, well then, as you begin to grow up, Look for those kind of girls and befriend them. Those are the kind that you want to make friendships with. Really. Companionship. Just... Um, <clears throat> First Corinthians 15.33 Listen to what it says. Now, 1 Corinthians 15 has to do with the fact that some people came into the church and they were teaching that the resurrection, well, that there was no resurrection, or that the resurrection was already past. And in the end of this whole thing, Paul says, be not deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. This is a nice saying. Bad company ruins good morals. Parents, warn your children about bad companions. Warn them. And you know what, parents? Keep a watch on who your children's friends are. You know what? If you've got trouble with a kid that lives down the street and you see that your child is beginning to close in there, warn your child and prevent that from happening. Because parents, friends put an enormous amount of pressure on, on one another. They do. You will be like your friends. Friends, you know the saying, friends of a feather flock together. So many, you know, how many parents are this way? Their, their son or their daughter gets mixed up in a certain group of people and next thing they know, they're committing some crime, they're in trouble with the law, and here's the parent or the grandparent. He's such a good boy, he just got mixed up with the wrong people. Don't you believe that for a second? He's just as rotten and he's probably the leader. And that's the truth. You don't end up like that because you weren't like the rest of them. You were just like the rest of them. I was just like the guys I ran around with and they were just like me. Now some were, you know, when you, when you grade it by the world scale, some were a little better and some were a little worse. But parents want to think, that their children are little angels and that everybody else is corrupt and they're sinister and they're defiling their own child. Well, there is, there is the truth that if your child hangs around with bad individuals, they're going to tend to become like those individuals. And like I said today, folks, by regulating your friends, you're not going to necessarily save your children. But what you are going to do is this. There's an influence that's coming upon your children from you. You are trying to instill values into them. You are trying to instill morals into them. You are trying to instill righteousness, right thinking, biblical thoughts into your children. And if you have your, those same children then being sent off into, a, into an environment where they are being pressed upon by friends who are trying to undo every single thing you're trying to do in their life, listen, we want 
to make our children's consciences sensitive. And then to have somebody come around behind us and try to dull that conscience is, is directly contradictory to the work that we're trying to do. Be very, very careful, parents. Warn them. Bad friends will undo the good you are attempting to do. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 5, 6. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Now consider about the context of that statement. What that saying is, if you allow somebody into the church who is, remember, this is 1 Corinthians 5. There's, there's a young man in the church who's been sleeping with his father's wife and they haven't done anything. <clears throat> it's within that context that Paul says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And what he's saying is, you let somebody that practice sin come into the church, it's like yeast in the bread. It spreads. And the same kind of thing is true. If you take a child from a very godly upbringing, now he's lost. But he's, he's in a very godly upbringing. He's in a good situation as far as, as his home situation, his church situation. And all of a sudden you take that child and you throw him out into a scenario where he's around a lot of bad people. It's going to corrupt. There's a corrupting influence. We want to warn our children about that. Warn them. Evil has this way of permeating. You guys, if I take, you know, you guys, some of you have seen the old uh, pirate movie, Long John Silver. You know, there's a, there's a scene in there where, where the boy, Jim Hawkins, is hiding inside the barrel. It's a barrel of apples. Well, now guys, if you take a barrel full of apples and you take one, I mean, this really rotten black apple, and you throw it into a barrel full of good apples, and then you come back in a week, you know what has just happened? You're going to find that you have a lot of bad apples. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that any of our children are good apples if they're lost, but it's true that your lost children, I mean, you have scriptural truths. You bring them up in the way they should go. They're going to follow in the ways you teach. They're going to take on parents' values. They are going to be directed by you. That's exactly the reason why God says that you should discipline and instruct them. It's because it does do good, folks. It, there is a response. The Scripture says the rod does drive folly out of the heart of the child. And then if you let those children run right out and be friends of fools, what are they going to become? The very foolishness you're trying to drive out, you just throw them out there into the pack of wolves where the foolishness is driven back into them. I mean, folks, these are realities. God has set us about doing something that bad companionship undoes. Warn them. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. Warn them. Warn them. Warn them. Warn them. You find that the, the son in the Proverbs is warned against going with those who are greedy for unjust gain. Those who are willing to kill or to hurt in order to acquire. Those who are running in the way of evil. Those greedy. Those that are thieves. 
You warn your children. You know what? If your children come home and they tell you that they know one of the, one of the people that they, they are friends with or that they're around, I don't care if it's in the church. I don't care if it's a, a son or a daughter of one of the brethren here. You get your children away if you're hearing that those children are, are stealing. If, if they're not, well, we'll look at some other ones here. He who rejects reproof leads others astray. Listen to this. You warn your children. If, if, even if it's one of the children in this church, if you get in a scenario where you find your child realizes that another child has been told by an adult to suit, do something, you know, a parent or somebody, they've told them and then the parent walks away and that little child mocks or makes fun or immediately disregards it. You know what it says? He who rejects reproof leads others astray. That little child, that little boy, that little girl who just blows off the instruction of adults of authority is going to lead your child astray too if you let them go. The Bible says it's going to happen. We can't think somehow again that we can allow our children to bury these coals in here and not get burned. The Bible says that they will. They really, really will. Wisdom delivers you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech. You want to instill in your children wisdom. You don't want them running with people with perverted speech. You know, speech is a dead giveaway about the heart of a man or a woman or a child. I can remember John Seitzman telling me that when they first moved down here to Texas, they were looking to put up these great big greenhouses because they wanted to make these runs for some of the animals that they were raising out there. And they had a guy come in and give him a quote. And John said the guy just had the filthiest mouth. And you know, John was pretty bold to the guy. He said to him, the guy kept swearing in front of John. And John said, you know, I found that generally people who swear are people who are dishonest. I mean, he just leveled with them, and they didn't end up doing business with them. And you know what? That's true. You got somebody with perverted language. Keep your kids away from them, because they got a bad heart, and they'll pervert your children, and your children will speak. You ever notice how children? Boy, their minds are sponges. And they just take in whatever they hear. You expose your child to a TV show or to a movie, and they're quoting it. You expose them to a song, and it just... You know, rather than exposing your child to the perverted speech, and, and you warn them. You know, talk to your children. Find out who they're hanging around with. Find out what discussions take place when they're with their friends. Find out what's happening. Find out whether their friends are honest. Find out whether their friends are, are obeying their parents. You want to find these things out. And you want to warn your child. You know what? You may, not just maybe. You, keep, you make sure your children are not being exposed to those kind of influences. Some people have this notion, well, we need to expose our children to the world. You show me where it says that in the Bible. What it says is protect your children. Warn them to stay away from bad environments. Warn them of the bad environments. And I'm not saying eventually you don't have to push the children out. You do. But you know what? What you do is you equip the children and warn the children and protect the children while they're young so that when they get to the age of 18 or 20 or 22, you can push them out and now they come out of this protected environment and they've known what's right. It's been instilled upon them. And now, hopefully, they're ready to some measure to to face the world. 
Listen to this. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. You know, I heard an announcer on, you guys, you guys know who it is. Some of us went and saw him, but it's a, it's a talk show host. And I heard him on the radio say, he said, folks, if you want to be healthy, go sit down with a healthy person and find out why they're healthy. Find out what they eat. Find out about their, their exercise program. And he said the same thing about money. If you want to be rich, don't go buy somebody's book or listen to the counsel of people who haven't figured out how to be rich themselves. If you want to figure out how to do well in real estate, you go sit down with somebody who has done well in real estate. And you know what? That's a very good principle. If you want to be wise, you expose yourself to the wise. Folks, if you expose yourself to the fools, you're going to become like those you expose yourself to. We do. We become like who we're exposed to. God has built that into us. Leave the presence of a fool. For there you do not meet words of knowledge. Warn your children. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Do you see the warning? The warning is, if you go in the ways, you're going to learn His ways. And if you learn His ways, you yourself are going to entangle yourself. You see, this is the nature of the warning. Children, it isn't that we're trying to keep you away from friendship with this person or that person. It is we want to warn you for your protection. We want them to see the threat. We want them to realize there is harm if they go in this way. I hung around with fools, and I was a fool. I hung around with fools, and I learned their ways. And I probably took some of my own wickedness and instilled it in others. I did not hang around with wise people. And except God rescued me from that and set me where I sought the counsel of the wise, it never would have happened. But I was on a bad course. None of us had any wisdom. And the world is filled with that kind of thing. And you can't, and parents, you cannot think that coming into the church necessarily delivers you from that. But I'm saying, parents, warn your children, but you have a responsibility to create in your children and instill in principles in your children and to discipline them so that they're not dishonest, so that they're not disobedient, so that they are those kind of children that, that everybody in this place should be comfortable to let their children associate with. And you know what? We really have responsibilities as parents one to another too. If I see in your children behavior that really causes me a great amount of concern for love for you and for your child, we need to be warning one another. You know, we are called upon to admonish each other. And though we as Americans are very thin-skinned, we don't much like to be warned and admonished we really, we really do need more of that. Be not among drunkards or among gluttons, gluttonous eaters of meat. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and slumber will clothe them with rags. This is Proverbs 24.1. Be not envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. 
My son, fear the Lord and the King and do not join with those who do otherwise. Here's the warning. For disaster from them will rise suddenly. A companion of gluttons shames his father. A companion of prostitutes squanders his wealth. A partner of a thief hates his own life. I mean, there's all sorts of these, you know, warnings. Don't associate with people who are thieves. Don't associate with people who are gluttonous and drunkards. People with no self-control. People who are just simply living it up for the moment. Well, can you guys think of something else that the Bible heavily warns about? Laziness. Yes, sir. Sluggardliness. Slothfulness. Sleep. An excess of sleep. Oh, yes. You know, don't let your children be lazy. And don't don't be an example. Warn them about laziness. What is probably the biggest warning that comes associated with laziness in the Proverbs? Yeah, but what's, what's the biggest warning? What's, what's the biggest threat in taking that path? Poverty. Basically, you want to be poor, you want to be worthless, and you want to come to nothing in life? Then just sit back, watch soap operas all day. Oh, yes. Yep, yep, yep. Right. Nope. Young ladies, Nicole, won't be long. If the guy is... Listen, get past all the fluff and all the talk because you know what? The lazy man is full of talk. He's always got seven <laughs> stories for every, every moment he likes to sleep. And, uh, you know, he, he's got great plans, glorious prospects. You know, this is on the horizon and that's being... The proof's in the pudding, ladies. Look at the guy's life. I mean, you know what? I, I, I will generally tell people a good buy, car buying practice is if you're going to buy a used car, don't meet the guy down at some local market parking lot go to his house look at his driveway is there oil stain all over look at his house is his garage neat are his plants in order because that's how he took care of the car if you go there there's oil stains all over parts are busted off his house Oh yeah, you can meet him at the local parking lot and he's going to tell you all these great stories about how great this car is. Well, folks, it's a lot like that. Young ladies, the proof's in the pudding. Look at the guy's life. Don't listen to all the stories and get past that. Look at the guy's life. You know, guy, lots of young guys, they have all sorts of plans. Boy, they're going to go to college. They're going to become a doctor, a dentist, a lawyer. They're going to do all this. They've got all these schemes. And you know what happens? The next thing you know, the guy is barely scraping by. He never pursued any of that. He's, you know, he's working the floor at HEB or he's working the floor at, at Home Depot or, or 
something like that, or he's laying tile somewhere, and he's and he's going to live this life this way. And you know, a lot of that comes growing up. Don't let your kids be lazy. Don't do everything for them. Don't pick up all their clothes. May, I mean, when they are old enough to push that mower, you get that lazy bones out there pushing that mower. Give them chores. Don't make life just this free-for-all for them. Because if you make it that way, once they're hit by responsibility, man, they're going to pull it off in this world. You know... Oh, they wouldn't pick up their socks, so there you were, and you picked them up. They didn't want to do the lawn, or they didn't want to clean the garage, or they didn't want to do this. And guess what? When they get in the workplace, that's how they're going to be. The whole world revolves around me, and well, I just don't feel like doing it. And you know what? Their boss is going to come along and give them a big boot in the behind, and <clears throat> life changes when you go to work for GM. It changes when you go to work for Toyota. It changes when you go out there. They expect you to do something. They expect you to earn their keep. And that is all, that's all something that you want to ingrain in them. But what a good piece of advice. Young ladies, take warning. If the guy is lazy, yes. It does. It does. And generally, if they're lazy, they're going to be quarrelsome. They, they kind of go in the same camp together. But yeah, watch out for that. I mean... Proverbs 31, boy, you're talking about a woman who's got some arms on her. And she's, she's a worker. And you know, as hard as this is for the cultural, um, the cultural mandates that we have today, it actually says, what? Beauty and charm are vain. I think it says vain, doesn't it? Deceitful. Deceitful. I mean, look for that. Look for that spouse that's going to be a worker. Look for that spouse that's going to be, you know, they're going to. Well, sloth. You know what? Industry. God blesses diligence. That in the lost or the saved. If you're diligent, you will reap the benefits of it. You know, the the guy in the Proverbs he says he walked by he walked by the 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 vineyard. Of the lazy man. And it was all broken down. You know what, guys? Sometimes when, when the Bible says, consider the ant, people say, oh, well, that's all about storing up. You know, that isn't given to us specifically with the storing up attitude. It's diligence. Have you ever seen? I mean, sometimes I think it's absolutely remarkable. There's a place in our neighborhood where I'm seeing these piles of dirt this high from carpenter ants. Now, you understand, folks, they bring that dirt up one pebble at a time. And yet, and you know the amazing thing is, I'll get up very early in the morning when that sun is just not even creeping over the horizons yet in the summertime, and those ants are already back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you know what? At the end of the day, you look down there, and the sun's already down. Back and forth they go industrious. They are diligent. They keep going. Warn your children. Warn your children. Warn your children. God blesses diligence. He really does. You know, 
I think it would bear itself out. Of course, we want to be diligent in spiritual matters more than anything. But I think statistics would show you that the, the greatest amount of millionaires in this country, in fact, I heard it on the radio, nine out of ten millionaires right now did not inherit their wealth. And it, when you examine the lives of those nine out of the ten who didn't inherit it, you know what you find? It wasn't somebody that did especially well in college or high school. They're the diligent guy. They're the guy that got up early. They're the guy that was diligent, who was wise, who wouldn't go out and squander his money. He wouldn't buy the most expensive car. He'd drive an old clunker until it just couldn't be driven anymore. Then he'd go out and buy another two- to four-year-old car. And it was people who, who lived frugally and prudently and the people who were just diligent. And they were there. They were there. You guys have heard that said the early bird gets the worm. And that is just a, it's just a worldly saying for a very biblical truth. Warn, 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 warn them about the consequences of not being. Can you think about something else the Bible warns about? Would have us warn our children about? I'll give you, I'll give you one thing right off. Money. We talked about it today. Boy, guys, there is so much in the Scripture said about money. You know one of the big things in the Proverbs that's said about it? One of the big things. I'll just, I, I have a list of things here. Just listen to them. This is all Scripture. Those greedy for unjust gain lie in wait for their own blood. That's a warning, folks. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. And I would take the opposite as the warning. You know from Malachi, God says if you give, He's going to withhold the devourer. The destroyer. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Beware of too much sleep, and a slack hand causes poverty. Wisdom is far more. That's another. That, this is an important thing to warn your children about. Wisdom is more valuable than gold and silver and jewels. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. You want to instill and warn something to your children? Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. You don't live your life just for what you make in this world. There's a day of wrath coming. And your riches aren't going to profit you there. Don't invest too much. Don't put too much. Don't labor to be wealthy. There's another proverb that says that. Whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer for it. You know what? You don't want to co-sign, folks. That is a good principle. Co-signing gets you in trouble. I realize, personally, I would co-sign for my children. Especially if I've spent a whole life pouring myself into making them spiritually responsible, financially responsible, especially if they're saved. Now, folks, if, if I look at them and they're 24 years old and my son is a fool, I'm not signing any note for anything for him. But, I mean, if, if he is the way I hope he is and I imagine he'll be, then I would. I would. I had it told me by a very wise man before. If you ever co-sign for a loan, be absolutely prepared to pay every penny of it. Do not think that you won't do it. Assume you will have to pay it. And if you are not willing to do it on that term, then don't do it at all, no matter who it is. Be willing and ready and able to pay every bit of it. 
Because folks, people who have to be co-signed for are people who have to be co-signed for for a reason. And it is generally because they are extremely high risk. The banks know who the high risk people are. And that's the only reason they need co-signers. Because if you're not a high risk, you don't need a co-signer. And so if you're co-signing for a person in the high risk department, you are putting yourself in high risk. So, uh, One gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Did you guys get that? Warn your kids with that. There are those who give and it seems like God just multiplies. There are those who, it doesn't say they don't give, but they withhold more than they should. They give a little bit when they really have the ability to give much more. And what happens is it says God will come along and make this situation out so that they suffer want for it. They actually end up in a worse situation. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall. Warn your children not to trust their riches. They take wings, folks, and they fly away. The soul of the sluggard craves gets nothing. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle. Guys, wealth gained hastily. You say, how, how, do, you, how do you gain wealth hastily? Well, I used to... I had the poker bug when I was lost. I love to gamble. You know what? You gamble, and sometimes you win big. But if you're a gambler, you're going to lose big. You play the lotto. Folks, it's a big gamble. And, and you know what? You know what statistics show happens to people that win lottos? Most of you guys probably know. It's wealth gotten very speedily. And guess what? When they come back five years later and they look at people who have won lottos, they find them destitute. They've killed themselves in suicide. They're now further in debt than they ever were before they got the money. The sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. That's an interesting truth. Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner. But blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Do you know, when you go to the Proverbs and you look at what the Proverbs have to say about money and the New Testament as well, generally, the instruction has to do with the poor. In the, in the Proverbs, a large amount of the instruction has to do with our response to the poor. Blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker. He who is generous to the needy honors him. In the house of the righteous there is much treasure, but trouble befalls the income of the wicked. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. How much better to get wisdom than gold. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. A poor man is better than a liar. That's a good thing to instill in your children. Integrity is better than riches. Love not sleep lest you come to poverty. Everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Oh, instill that in your children. John Seitzma, in, John Seitzma is a man of much financial wisdom. And when I came down here, he instilled a lot of that. I mean, I, I was ready to receive his teaching in this area. And he said, you know, I took, that, I took that one thing. A man with a foul mouth is not a trustworthy man. 
Well, I probably could have figured it out, but you know what? It's a good rule to go by. You know another thing he told me? He would never ever make a major purchase except he slept on that. What a good... You know what? When you sleep on a major purchase, you wake up the next morning, and isn't it interesting how many times you don't really need that thing anymore? Boy, you guys, you get into the, the high-pressure sales situation like on a car lot or something. You know, they got you feeling like, man, this is a good deal if I don't get it right now. Another thing John Seitzma said, if they'll give you this deal today, they'll give you this deal tomorrow. I realize sometimes there's Christmas sales and that kind of stuff, and it just won't be there tomorrow. But generally, don't believe it. If the guy at the car lot says, we won't be able to do this for you tomorrow, it's a, it's a scam. He's not being truthful. Generally, whatever deal you can get today, you can get tomorrow. So don't fall for pressure tactics. If you are hasty, you will suffer the consequences. If you jump, you will find out that you didn't get the best deal. You'll find out that you got taken advantage of. You'll, take out, you'll figure out you've fallen for some scam. Hastiness. Be patient when it comes to financial matters. Be patient. Warn your kids. Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. That's a warning, folks. Whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. Another warning. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. The rich and the poor meet together. You know what? Pour that one on your children too. No matter how it goes in this life, no matter if you're a successful lawyer or you end up a very unsuccessful janitor, in the end, we're all going to stand at the same judgment seat, folks. We're all going to meet in the same place in the end of this whole thing. Your riches are not going to profit you in that day. They're not going to profit you. Life is more than wealth. And it's more than riches. It's more than what we have. Oh, beloved... Like, we don't need to warn our children here. The borrower is servant to the lender. Oh. Most of us didn't know that. <laughs> press it upon your children. In fact, I've pressed it so much upon my children that now I use my Discover card because it gives me 5% back on my gas purchases. And I use my, my Chase card because it gets me frequent flyer miles through Continental. So I use both. I paid off every other credit card. I use those and I pay those off in full every month. And I've warned the kids, don't use credit cards. So they see me pull one out and they'll say, Dad, you told us not to use credit cards. Why are you using credit cards? Well, I tell them it's kind of difficult to explain, but you know, if you pay them off every month, and uh, they can actually work for you and they bring benefits. And oh, Teach your children. Ingrain them. It is so easy and there's so much temptation. And younger and younger people are being offered credit cards. Boy, you just want to caution them. It is, you know, they get this star in their eyes and they want to have all these things that they always wanted to have. Now it's like it's right there at their fingertips. Explain interest. Explain compound interest. Explain if you buy this at 22% credit card interest and it takes you so long to pay it off, even though the sticker price said this, when you're all done paying for this thing, you paid this amount. It's foolish. It's not wise. And the whole time you're paying it off, you're servant to the borrower. Or you're, you, the borrower, are servant to the lender. 
then don't get yourself in that. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed. Whoever oppresses the poor to increase his own wealth or gives to the rich will only come to poverty. Do not toil to acquire wealth. When your eyes light on it, it is gone. Suddenly it sprouts wings. And it goes on. Riches do not last forever. Whoever multiplies his wealth by interest and profit gathers it for him who is generous to the poor. Whoever gives to the poor will not want, but he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. You cannot serve God in money. A lot of that had to do with poor, folks. The, who, those who are generous to the poor, you know, instruct your, your children are not too young right now for you to train. You know what, parents? If you give your children $20, I mean, if, you know, you happen to just feel like, you know, I, wow, I just want to, I want to give my children some money. You know what? As soon as you give them that money, now go right to the children. How much do you want to give? Because, you know what? God wants us to give from the money that He gives us. He says to give of the first fruit, first fruits, and our barns will be filled. Our vats will be overflowing. Give, and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaking together, overflowing. Will men give to you? I mean, you want to instill in your children they need to have respect for the poor. They need to have respect for those in need. Creating your children a mindset of giving. Warn them about not doing it. Tell them that when they despise the poor, when they ignore the poor, there's going to come a day God promises you're going to cry out and God's not going to hear you. Train your children and warn them not to close their eyes to those who are in need. You give your child $20, you know what? Instill in them just you know a basic tithing principle you know help and encourage them to go on from there but teach them you know here's godly men from the old old testament men like abraham or jacob who gave a tenth and explain a tenth means if you get 10 dollars you take one and you give it and so you know here i've given you 20 dollars what's a tenth a tenth of that is 2 dollars where do you want to give it and you know what let them decide where they want to give it Encourage them, help them, guide them. Don't say, well, I want to give it for candy so I can, you know, don't help them to see that there are certain places that are needful. Well, that's an important one. Can, and we'll, we're, I'm sure we're out of time. Just, guys, oh, one that the Bible speaks about a lot the mouth. There is a lot about the mouth. Control. You know what the Bible says? Many words, many transgressions. Where there's a lot of talk, folks, there's a lot of sin. You know what? Teach your children and warn them about talking on forever. Teach them that there's a time to shut their mouth. Teach them to control their lips and their tongue and their vocal cords. Teach them. Teach them. Instill in them honesty. Warn them against mocking. Warn them against backbiting. Warn them, warn them, warn them, warn them. And there are warnings about not using the mouth right. Not using the mouth. Misuse of money. Misuse of the mouth. God hates a lying tongue. You know what? Warn them against a lack of self-control. 
The Bible talks about that. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding. He who is hasty, has a hasty temper exalts folly. Those greedy of unjust gain make haste to shed blood. The Lord hates feet that make haste to run to evil. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Good sense makes one slow to anger. Everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Warn your children about lack of self-control. Instill self-control. Warn them. Self-control... Lack of self-control will lead your children into all sorts of problems and dilemmas. And you know, you guys know, parents, you've walked the path. You know where hasty decisions get us. You know where a bad mouth. You know where speaking lies. You know where boasting about something. You know where bragging about something. You know where dishonesty has gotten you. You know where being unwise with money has gotten you. You know where being unwise with sexual sins have gotten you. Come on, folks. You bear the scars. You have the records. The mistakes line all of our lives. If our children are going to make them, and they're going to make a lot of mistakes, but if they're going to make them, at least let it not be because you haven't warned them. I mean, how terrible for a parent to have walked this path. We know about the pitfalls in life And for us to simply stand back and say nothing and allow our children to fall in the same ditches we ourselves fell into. All your watches are beeping three, so I'll stop there. And and there's more. If you guys really want to know, be much in the Bible. Look at God's warnings and warn your children. Make your children afraid of sin. I am serious. Make them afraid of sin. My parents never made me afraid of sin. And I'm afraid that is one of the areas that we need to exercise ourselves in as parents in this church. We have not yet brought our children to fear the way they should fear. And please, give yourselves to this. Father, we need Your help to do it. We pray that You would uphold us in this matter. I pray for wisdom. I pray, Lord, saturate us with Your Word. Saturate us with with the warnings of Your Word. Help us to be wise parents. Help us to take occasions as we go through life to see just when certain things should be addressed. Let us take every opportunity to instill the Word in warning and instruction in our children's lives. Help us to see opportunities when they fall. Help us to see opportunities when others fall. Help us to see opportunities just throughout the whole menagerie of life to, to pick and to choose and to wisefully and skillfully take the, the life's events and to turn them in some, into some kind of instruction, some kind of warnings for our children that they might be benefited by. Oh Lord, we need much wisdom to do this. Help us, Lord, to keep continuously in this path. In Christ's name I pray.
Amen. And you are dismissed.